MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, September 23rd, 2019. Today, Trump sends troops to Saudi Arabia. Patrick Byrne goes off the deep end. Antonio Brown is out. More taxpayer dollars diverted to Trump's wall. The media chips away at the whistleblower scandal. And an update in the Turnberry investigation. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How you guys doing? Hey, good. Or how y'all doing? Excuse me. Trying to get away really? from guys. I've been saying That's guys. That's okay. For... I say it too. If anyone's offended, just let me know and I'll, I'll change it. But yeah, I use guys by default all yeah. the time. Yeah. But I'm doing great. How are you, Jordan? I'm, I'm well, yeah. In college, I definitely used to be more conscious of that, not saying guys. Yeah. I used to, yeah, we used to do this thing where we would yell, ouch, whenever someone would say non-gender neutral <laughs> language. And, in uh, college? In college. Oh, yeah. Wow. In like our activism circle. And that doesn't really fly in the real world, so. But how cool, though. No, really. <laughs> when I think about you and like, your particular. You okay? Yeah, like your college experience when you talked about this, like that seems pretty unique. Even though people in college generally become more progressive, you had a really progressive experience. Yeah. For my first couple of years, I was like super, super into activism. Like my freshman year was when Occupy was, you know, mm-hmm. like really, really prevalent. Yeah. And we were like, I think I slept in my dorm maybe half the time the other time we were like we had taken over the chancellor's complex at one point and we're like living in there and it was like we lived outside when we were protesting another thing for like a week yeah Yeah. that is very cool i do occupy too we were doing you're probably more in the college part of it yeah i was with like the homeless people not that i was at the time but just you know with there was a different group yeah it was very spread out i love that about occupy right but the homeless people actually started coming into the college ones after a while and it (laughs) actually kind of led to the demise it's a whole different it kind of did because yeah. like administrators couldn't really take us seriously when there were like you know people who were food insecure coming in and just like it, it was an effectively not really contributing a lot to the like the access they, to higher education yeah, conversation so much yeah on campus i can see that being a problem for us we were downtown so that was their home and so that was still a problem even just them being associated with people who i guess um I don't know if that they were mooching. Like, that's a problem that I think the 99% has that we could talk about all day. But obviously, this is the intro. But just the idea of, like, you have to accept everyone. But also, yes, that comes with mm-hmm. certain stigmas you have to address. Unless you're Milo. And then the Unless furries. you're Milo. <laughs> the furries won't even take you. We, we just got to yeah. truly stand together. And if someone leads us astray, address that person individually. But just writing off an entire group because one person makes them look bad, that's the whole problem. So I like that you got a, a different take, the same cause and the same, you know, amount of enthusiasm. But, like, just different groups. It's a good lesson, though, that. in the importance importance of optics absolutely uh, and perception because i mean honestly if you if you can f- be right and be correct but if it's perceived as or uh, there's optics that it's not uh it's your shit's still going to get blown away right. mm-hmm. and you can complain about it all you want right uh that's why you know it was important for those specific times and it's i, I really love hearing about you we're gonna have to talk more uh, like offline about your college experiences because yeah. My my college, we, the term gender neutral didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. We were we were woke as fuck as I for I thought. We, <laughs> yeah. Bill Clinton was the craziest, most progressive shit we'd ever heard of. And I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, <laughs> that was our big deal in college. Was oh my god, rock the vote. Kids are voting. MTV's new. Comedy Central just started, and Bill Clinton is the most progressive person ever. And that was like 
Yeah. Pretty much it. His smooth jazz skills went over so many black families. I he, feel so bad. Because we just we were suckers for it. I feel like he, he did play the saxophone he had a lot of pretty smooth, well. You're like, ooh, that sounds good. If you're gonna, sax. Yeah. If you're going to play one instrument that's sexy as fuck, the saxophone Gotta is Gotta be the that sax, instrument. right? It sounds like sex. I don't think anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's true anymore. <laughs> okay, fair that's enough. True. Now it's the always flute. like the one guy in like a ska band or something <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that no one wants to find. True. Lizzo's bringing the flute back. It's sexy again. I think any musician is sexy. And I think so, too. With that, we are going to uh, <laughs> shout out to the uh, accordion guy. <laughs> I think accordion's pretty hot, so they might be giants. Would agree, uh, but we do have a lot of news to get to. A lot uh, that happened over the weekend. We're still in the middle of the weekend, so that you know, if there's anything Sunday, we'll you know we'll get to it on the. On, oh wait, it, this is Monday's beans. You'll hear it Tuesday, uh, and so let's just jump in. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. So tensions in the Middle East are heating up as Trump, who has said he does not want to go to war. He ran on this. Uh, he doesn't want to go to war with Iran. He said over the weekend that the U.S. will be sending an undisclosed number of troops to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia following the attacks on Saudi oil fields allegedly perpetrated by Iran. Japan and France are at odds with the U.S. and Saudi allegations that Iran is responsible, citing that the Houthis have claimed responsibility for the attack. Japan also doubted the U.S. assertion that Iran was responsible for the attack of one of their tankers transporting oil to Syria through the Gulf of Oman over the summer. You all remember that with the video of the yeah. quote-unquote pirates mm -hmm. with the explosives on the boat? Uh, and in a press conference on Friday, Mark Esper, uh, that's the SecDef, and Mark Dunford, that's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, told reporters that Trump approved the development or the deployment, excuse me, of troop, troops for air and missile defense at the request of the kingdom, at the request of Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates, our new commanders in chief. Perfect. So not only are we going to not hold them accountable, we're going to help them. Yeah. Mohammed Bonsaw. Yeah. And his MBZ and Imbiza, Imbisa. That's what we used to call him on, on Mueller, she wrote. And, and they also are going to deliver military equipment to the UAE and Saudi Arabia to help them defend themselves. Uh, didn't, didn't we just buy... No, they just bought billions of dollars in arms from us. Are they just going to lend them back to us? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> so Dunford is calling it a moderate troop deployment. Uh, and the best anyone was able to get out of him was probably not thousands. <laughs> and some folks argue that this is actually the right thing to do. Others feel like this is a kind of hobbling into war. So, Yeah, it's uh, so ironic that on the last episode, the one slightly positive thing that I've ever thought about Trump was his commitment sort of to not going to war or to getting out of wars. And then the next fucking episode, this shit happens. Yeah, he Nancy Kerrigan, do you? Yeah. Yeah, he's committed to being unpredictable is what it is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he's consistent in I that inconsistent way. I think he should just be committed. Way. Mm -hmm. That is good, A.G. Oh, that's good. <laughs> You're not the one with the mental problems, as Richard Pointer. Richard we need Painter a soundbite of that. Like, I hear podcasts that have that soundbite oh. on deck. Yeah, we need that of Richard Painter for That sure. is a great idea. <laughs> We're going to do that. Soundbites on deck great idea. from Richard Painter. <laughs> You're not the one with the mental problem. <laughs> He's so great. Um <clears throat> I don't care if he used to be a Republican. That's and, fine. Yeah, yeah. And a, a so judge. Warren. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. And, and Joe Scor Scoboro. Some people are just so old that Republicans <laughs> used to be cool. And so somebody actually somebody tweeted out like, you know how people how Republicans are always like, Abe Lincoln was a Republican. Somebody said, uh, yeah, and Nicolas Cage won an Oscar, but a lot of shit's gone down <laughs> since then. Right? Leonardo DiCaprio's won an Oscar since then. A lot has changed. He's, he's okay. Uh, I think he won an Oscar for that a movie he did a long time ago called What's Eating Gilbert Grape, maybe? I don't oh. Know. I have to check into it. 
I think he was nominated. Anyway, a judge has ordered Trump to testify in a case over a 2015 violent confrontation between Trump security team and protesters outside Trump Tower in New York. The New York state judge is describing Trump's testimony as indispensable. And Friday, she ruled that Trump must provide sworn testimony that will be videotaped and used during litigation. Hmm. This is the New York state court. Uh, the plaintiffs are alleging that members of Trump's security team that worked for then-candidate Trump assaulted them, violently assaulted them. Uh, and there's videotape of it, and it looks real bad. So will we actually get to see the testimony? I uh, don't know. The judge also said no one is above the law, and the defendants in the case include Trump himself, the Trump Organization, and individual members of Trump's security detail. The case is scheduled for trial next week, so look for an appeal to be filed. But keep in mind, this is state court, not federal court, so Barr has no power here. Nice. That's going to be interesting to see because, as we've heard, he's gone on campaign rallies and more or less incited violence onto protesters. So if he did anything to make these people do that to them, I don't feel like he's going to come out and say that. Yeah, and also when you're transitioning from a private you know, quote unquote, rich guy who's really in a lot of debt, mm -hmm. a casino mogul who sucks at it, you know, real estate <laughs> developer who really just puts his name on buildings. Yeah. Uh, Lots of asterisks. You're going to have this private security detail and, and they're going to rough dudes up, especially if you're kind of mobby. Mm -hmm. He can afford it. That's the sad thing about money is that it really can get someone to do anything. Yeah. The right person will do the wrong thing for the right price. And you remember Kurt Schilling, right? He ended up, that was one of Trump's bodyguards. He ended up testifying to Mueller, Mueller's team. Uh, nothing came out in mm -hmm. the Mueller report that I have seen so far, and we're at the end, so it's not in there. <laughs> Although not I'll, I'll go back and check the footnotes, the 2,000 of them. But uh, he, yeah, and he, it, and then remember when Stormy Daniels was uh, threatened at some point by one of Trump's security guards? So this is common. Well, uh, so I, I don't know that getting proof of intent of him inciting this kind of violence in rallies is as relevant as just his security team being right violent thugs i yeah. agree yeah it's almost like um context clues should be enough in this case right that smoke should be just as relevant because there's so much of it as the gun itself because the gun is like almost going to be non-existent right like it's going to be almost impossible to improve intent with someone who does this for a living they but go around yeah. those specific words for that very reason but we don't really have to do that because there's video of them being <laughs> violent assholes that's you very so we don't point. really have to wonder what was in their mind yeah uh, i guess like i'm a, speaking like, and this kind of goes back to that white collar, blue collar crime difference that we were talking about yesterday. When you've got a videotape of somebody being fucking assaulting someone else, n not hard to, to, to prove. Intent. Not hard at all. But also just Trump's behavior, like so, as someone who consciously goes around certain words to avoid any criminal doings. He is someone who I think will never slip up on that as a law, you know, like if it's just going to be about motives. So they should probably consider all the smoke when you have so much smoke i'm like that should be enough is the point i was trying to make oh gotcha yeah yeah and, and honestly the the smoke here is the fire of the violent video but right it also depends on who how you know the subjective view of how the violent it was right yeah i i feel like there there's not going to be some grander conspiracy that comes out like you said of trump having directed them to explicitly target protesters unfortunately I just feel like that's kind of the mentality that security teams wind up assuming is that they overgeneralize the violence and threats of protesters yeah. and get very swept up into those moments of like protecting someone mm -hmm. and doing whatever it takes to make sure that these people don't hurt the person or whatever <laughs> that they're protecting. But 
I think you're right. It's just going to be about them. Yeah, I think the crux mm-hmm. of the case is going to be arguing about, about the video and what is assault and you know by definition and but it's interesting though that 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 this New York state judge female uh is saying uh you're not above the law and you must testify and not only that your your testimony is indispensable to this case uh which is is going to be interesting i don't think we're actually we might not ever see that testimony but it, it does have to be videotaped uh for for the litigation uh, but it could be released. Uh, mm-hmm. This judge could decide to release it. And if Trump wants to appeal it, the, the highest he can go is the New York Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So there's no D.C. Circuit. There's no SCOTUS. There's no Kavanaugh. I like beer. There's no <laughs> Gorsuch. You know, so he doesn't have that, you know, what he feels is like his Justice Department that's protecting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is straight up New York. He mm-hmm. should have picked a different place to live. Yeah. <laughs> like a different planet. Would have been that nice. would have been nice. Yeah, if you got the funds, man, be the first. But he, he does. He likes to be the first at things. Be the first man to just eject himself from the planet. He's so broke. We'll all though. cheer and wave goodbye. Yeah, and Elon Musk wouldn't take him to Mars. I don't think. Yes, he would if he left him there. Oh well. Come on, Elon. But you know, not as a favor. You just must to, do a favor it. to the rest of us. <laughs> just do it. What if him, Putin, and like Kim Jong Il all got to wait? Kim Jong-un, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. Um, they all got together, just decided to make a pact to just eject themselves to Mars. They're like, look, let's just colonize. Let's just colonize Mars. Go for it. Let's, let's just take yeah. world. Let's just take ourselves and go do that. NASA and just then, discovered an exoplanet that yeah. has water vapor. Go there. Well, well they can't go there. It's <laughs> yeah. way too far away. Don't tell them they can't do it. Oh, that's Let a good point. Try. Just be like, here, we'll just put the heading in. Yeah, yeah just off. GPS. Don't tell them it takes 60,000 years to get there. Just right. keep straight. If you, you know, go to, I don't know, the supermassive black hole, you've gone too far. Yeah. Or <laughs> or tell them that there's a, we won't tell them that there's no sustainable life on Mars. Oh, itself. definitely don't tell them that. But, but just just plant the idea in their head. Tell them they'll be the most tell them, intelligent. You could show them it's what you would call a documentary, but it's really the movie Total Recall. And so there's a <laughs> reactor there. Mm-hmm. You can breathe now. There's an atmosphere. We yeah. can just, you can have a total authoritarian recall. Tell them they'll be the most intelligent life they've ever seen there it's true <laughs> it might, it looking might at each be other true. that's true that's funny that would appeal to them <laughs> all right guys we'll be right back with more headlines after these messages we'll be right back all right let's talk about the holidays you might think it's a little early but if you're anything like me the holidays start pretty much yesterday uh actually like the second Halloween is over and you put you put away the Halloween costumes, which we don't really put away. We put them in our closet because we kind of wear them year round. Never mind. You know what? I really love holidays. And you don't want to go through another holiday season taking closed mouth photos while everyone else is smiling. So get your photo ready smile for the holidays now with clear aligners from Candid. Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces because treatments only take six months on average. When I was a kid, I had wire braces for almost five years. Nobody's got time for that. So, And because it takes less time, it costs way less money, usually 65% less than wire braces. Uh, an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state will create your custom treatment plan. And then they even show you a 3D preview so you can see how your teeth will look after you're done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and totally invisible. Uh, You all know what's important to us here uh, at The Daily Beans, which is convenience and philanthropy. And Candid offers both because each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. Uh, I'm going to have a photo ready smile by the holidays and you can too. So go to candidco.com slash daily beans and use code daily beans at checkout to get $75 off. 
That's CandidCO.com slash Daily Beans. Code Daily Beans for $75 off. Again, CandidCO.com slash Daily Beans and use code Daily Beans at checkout. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Wide receiver Antonio Brown has been fired from the Patriots less than two weeks after being signed because of incidents involving allegations of rape and sexual assault from a former trainer that he used to work with in college. Uh, A team statement from the Patriots reads, quote, we appreciate the hard work of many people over the past 11 days, but we feel that it's the best move in a best to move in a different direction at this time. Uh, The really sad part, the thing that kind of irks me, is that it wasn't the allegations that forced the team to make the decision. It was text messages sent by Brown to his former trainer that were reported Thursday by Sports Illustrated. Uh, He texted her a photo of her own children, which lawyers called a threat. And the texts, since the the texts were sent after the Patriots hired him, that's why the Patriots decided they could fire him. But not, they didn't want to do it based on the conduct that occurred before they hired him. Hmm. And that is apparently the reason. Uh, with uh, with his release, uh, Brown becomes uh, an unrestricted free agent eligible to sign with any other team because the NFL commissioner refuses to put him on the exempt list. Uh, they released a statement Friday night saying he would not be placed on the commissioner's exempt list, but warned if he signed if he signed by a club, such placement may become appropriate. On, you know, onto the list, depending on the status of the investigation. So that's, they're saying pretty much they don't believe what she's saying. Hmm. I mean, I think it's more nuanced than that. That is effectively the message they're sending to all survivors everywhere, which is fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from them, for, for, for them, I think it's a money thing. And it's the people that have invested money into the success of the NFL and honesty and transparency about these things would result in the crippling of their organization because abuse is rampant in it yeah yeah that's true they have to they're walking a really tight i believe they believe there's so much abuse right assault and rape in the nfl that they if they it would be like drug testing for the fbi exactly it's like truly a slippery slope for them i'm sorry they do that yeah (laughs) it's a slippery slope that needs to be ridden (laughs) we need to slide we need to slide down that slope (laughs) but there's so much money behind all of these people (laughs) oh my god yeah that's great yeah i think you talked about some kind of amusement park idea before i can't remember if it was like a trump land or what but that'd be so fun would have to be a ride on that you know it or the trump tower where you just drop like a hundred floors oh so fun i love that yeah i don't know man that's a great idea but i I, I like where you're going yeah i mean i don't even doubt i'm sure that there are people that believe her they just know financially that it's gonna hit them too hard and i am not saying that that is the right decision that is a testament to how money and capitalism fucks up everything Mm -hmm. yeah just logically i think that that's where their brains are at and i just hate that so much that they that the reason for firing was the text message like we can't fire him for stuff he did before he got here that just seems like a cop out to me, mm-hmm. but a cop out they have to take in order to keep their zillions. It's of dollars. totally a cop out. I totally, one hundred percent. I agree with with both of you. I think you make really good points, Jordan. It's it's about the optics and about rape culture and society and, mm-hmm. and, and capitalism versus like our actual beliefs on this because I, I don't know I think you guys would, would feel similarly I lean towards believing the alleged victim Definitely. right and and so even though there are people who take advantage of, of people like us that may automatically believe someone that says that happens I do still lean towards that and so for him even with that in mind I feel like it's really interesting that they use the the picture of her kids as enough to let him go because I mean, I, I would imagine if you get that far with abuse, that that picture could be written off as, oh, I was just sending a 
picture, a nice picture right. I had. So I think someone there is trying to do the right thing, but you're right. The barriers make it so that even an inch may clearly not seem like enough, but it, it actually, it's in, in the NFL climate, that's, that someone's trying to move this along. And yeah. I appreciate that. I well, just wish you would have put, been put on the exempt list. I agree. Yeah, they too. can go much further. I just think, obviously, we want, when I hear all these cases, like with Brock Turner, or as people like to call him, like, you know, dumpster rapist, all these things, like the idea of Kavanaugh and these people still getting away with it, it reminds me that sometimes our circles, our echo chambers can make us think the world is much more progressive than it really is. Mm-hmm. I think we have a really great community, but the the rest of the world does not necessarily reflect it. So therefore, fucking fired Al Franken in ten minutes. Right, that's because we also rally himself. for that. But because liberals do have a sense of moral compass that I resonate with. Yeah, I guess there are generally. a lot of liberals that rally behind the NFL. Right. So. Yeah, liberal is a very very blanket term because there are, I believe, fake liberals or people that hide behind the idea of being a liberal. So I don't want to even get into that because it's like so frustrating. But I do think in this case, it sounds like someone is trying to do the right thing. They could have easily not even let him go. So I'm just hoping they can continue to push forward just like this whistleblower thing you would imagine that this would be enough at this level for someone to just say hey you know this we, we can't let this happen and something's got to give but we're still like oh who is it what's going to happen is trump going to get away with it that's crazy and and so knowing that the fish rots at the head of course the nfl is going to have a slow needle movement when it comes to these things because we don't even have a leadership in the country that is saying these things are not okay oh i totally understand the slowness i, I just, agree with i you. disagree with it 100%. i agree with both of you yeah totally i just sorry i just had a little what do you call that uh epiphany yeah or or <laughs> when you talk on a stool or something what do they call soapbox. it soapbox yeah i don't own any soapboxes but I, I own a stool really quick too just from a football perspective the patriots honestly can afford to not have him dude they have 96 other yeah, fantastic wide exactly. receivers so uh, but like for you know Ka- kaepernick can't get signed but this guy could get signed right how That's fucked up the is problem that? that i have with yes. this. oh yeah and the patriots already had robert Kraft and all of that controversy too so for them it only made sense to let go of this do guy do you think it's a racial thing or what do you think is the difference because I, I wonder because i still think i want to give credit and i think you guys do too like just j- to the very little credit it deserves of of, of someone letting him go because they could do more but what do you think makes the difference um the difference in what being expendable because robert Kraft should have gone oh he no really should have been let go right like someone should have bl- the thing well, there's there's probably a million v- variables that go into it there's the amount of money that was put in and invested in that person in training there was there's the um You've already signed a contract with him. You might have a signing bonus that you might not be able to take away. There's a cost there. It's all. It's mostly oh, around money. Oh, with Robert Kraft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that also makes guys. sense. Yeah. It mostly is around money. I don't think it has to do in the NFL with. Pr- I don't know though, uh, but I'm guessing it's about money mm-hmm. number one. Right. And I, I yeah. Yeah, I don't mean I don't mean to make everything about race. My only thought was when you uh, brought up like, oh, I wonder why Robert wasn't like. I was like, oh yeah, I wonder too. And and I haven't thought much about this, so I I just thought I would bring that up. But yeah, I'm sure money is the main factor. And then being that money is tied to capitalism, which is tied to race. Technically, we could take it there. But you're right. It's the thing that's right in front of our face is the class, the the level of authority that money and power, or you know, power that money brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Yeah, the whole NFL has a really, really fucked culture right now. Yeah, I think the yeah, shitty thing is that Jay-Z? if yeah, if it was another team that was a lot worse, they might have not let him go. And I appreciate that analogy because I don't know much about football. All I know is you know what we talk about, and so this is really enlightening for me to know that that it is mostly money. And yeah, money obviously can be broken down into a lot of different factors, but. It, that's the boiling point. Well, I think what Jordan is saying is that if this guy were the only good wide receiver on a football team, like a shitty team, like the yeah. Dolphins or something, 
He was, sorry, I just had to throw the that chargers. In. Uh, they <laughs> would, kidding. they might not have fired him. Yeah, I actually understood what she meant. I was oh, just okay. adding that I like the conversation as a whole because I like the fact that there are things that I'm learning that I didn't know before, like the the fact that it could be money more than race. And yeah, I, I totally get that. And I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, we could break down which guys have been fired and which guys haven't that have raped or murdered or stabbed people or beat their girlfriends in elevators. And I, I don't know what that would end up looking mm-hmm. like. But I, I would say that the, you know, and just a cursory view in my head that it's probably not race based, but it, it could, but race always plays a factor in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're totally on the same page with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I was just like walking on eggshells. I'm like, I don't want to make it seem like I think it's all about race, but hey, there's always that thought that these guys are in power and it's white men owning the rights of black men, and in fact that we were slaves and we're built to this sense it's of labor. Especially worse in college. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because the NAA. Oh my gosh, there's so many. So many factors that could be linked to race, but I appreciate you guys mentioning that it is about money as well because that is totally true. Yeah. So anyway, he's gone, uh, but still a free agent. It just makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, whole sexual assault argument. I mean, we could. I feel like we can't even get into it because we don't have the time. That's a whole other thing that we could just talk forever about. Like, yeah. True. It's crazy. Uh, let's see what's next here. Trump officials are planning to divert billions more in taxpayer funds to his border wall. According to officials, the wall is going to be way more expensive than Trump previously thought. Who knew walls would be so hard? It's <laughs> all I can think to say. You mean like physically hard? Yeah, that's too, what I was right? walls, <laughs> yeah. walls are difficult. You know, I don't understand. Why. I knock on them. They're so solid. Yeah. 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 He's a strange guy. But the price tag is now over 18 billion dollars. Of course it is. Uh, in funding just through 2020. That's mm. just through next year. And we already know where Trump stole the first four billion from. Those are the military projects, uh, uh, schools, housing, uh, things that explosive warehouses, ordnance warehouses. It's going to put a lot of troops and their families in danger. Crumbling schools where kids aren't going to be able to learn uh, unless they were fixed. Uh, the European Defense and Reassurance Initiatives, which helped, you know, after 2014, the annexation of Crimea. We went in and Obama put this program together with NATO. And we know how Trump feels mm-hmm, about NATO mm-hmm. and Obama uh, to help shore up uh, other European countries and, uh, the you know, Donbass province of, of Ukraine to prevent or to, you know, hold back. Yeah. Uh, Russian. Uh, right. Invasion. Yes. What if phase two of his wall plan is to just use it as a scapegoat to defund all the programs he doesn't agree with in the military? Mm-hmm. I think that is pretty spot on from what I can see. If that wasn't his original intention, he must have looked down the line and been like, whoa, well, we can at least do this. You know, it's been working. It's yeah. been working. Well, I think that has a lot to do with the whistleblower stuff. And um, because <clears throat> those programs were defunded and Ukraine's military aid was withheld. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we know a lot more about that. We'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, But also, this is construction uh, that when the Pentagon requested it, it was considered dire to the safety of active duty service members and their families. Looking back at the budget, Washington Post looked back at the The budget proposals. Uh, No, the construction for... The stuff that he took it The military. Yeah, the military construction projects. Yeah. Uh, and now he's going to go for round two. And so he's just straight from the Department of Defense, but he's somehow for the troops. Hmm. So where is this new round of billions of taxpayer dollars coming from? Well, it's not Mexico. So they're going to dip in they're, they're going to dip in the Pentagon budget to pill for another three point six billion for the second year in a row. Um, a plan that as discussed that was discussed at the White House last week in a meeting 
chaired by Jared Kushner. Ugh, go away. So that's a total of $7.2 billion in diverted funds in defiance of Congress, money that the Pentagon fought for uh, to repair and upgrade U.S. military bases, schools, etc. Um, if you know a Trump supporter that's a veteran or in the military, or, you know, just a Trump supporter in general because they claim to be very patriotic and love the military, ask them honestly and politely what they think about this. $7.6 million from DOD. When, because, I mean... The, the whole one of the whole arguments against Obama was that he defunded the, the military and, and made us less safe. Right. Mm-hmm. That was one of his big running points. Right. Um, so ask them. I'd really be interested to see what they have to say. Let us know at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter. Yeah. And may, may I add if you were going to wrap that up, I don't know if you wanted to say anything else about it. But um, I I really want to hear those thoughts, too, because I feel like with, with Obama saying that he made us less safe, it's. It makes sense on the surface when when you look at the Trump supporters that would be like, oh, yeah, this guy's, you know, not our guy. We don't think he's smart. He's going to defund the military. But in, in reality, I feel like if, if a, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like if Obama wasn't black, Trump supporters would not believe that so easily. I mean, maybe it's a Republican versus Democratic thing that goes back longer than I, I think. But, yeah, Trump is clearly doing what Obama did. And they're okay with it. So I'm like, well, what is it? Is it politics? Is it race? Is it both? But Obama didn't. He didn't actually defund anything? No. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought I didn't realize that. I thought you were just saying that's what their argument was based on maybe he was doing it. Because I thought that he was trying to take the troops back home. Yeah, and... 99.9% of the time their arguments are based on lies. So he wasn't trying <laughs> was, to pull the troops back home, right? What that's what lie I was, was referring that based to. based on then? Uh, the, just Trump saying that, that Obama defunded the military. The, the I mean, like, how, how would he have even spun what Obama did into defunding the military? He would just say it with his okay. mouth. Okay, cool. Yeah, he did. Just okay. making sure it's just a blatant lie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just one so, of those blatant lies. He didn't have any proof. The um, the NDAA, or not the NDAs, yeah, NDAs and, and military budgets under Obama did not drop. Um, right. It went up one year. Went, yeah, it went down say, a little. Then there it was went like, up again. That was a huge issue within our college activism community was mm-hmm. the NDAA because it was like a huge expansion of that program. Eight hundred billion dollars or nice. something like that. Somewhere between seven and nine hundred billion, and that's where it's always been, and that's yeah. where it stayed. I would. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I think it's really cool, and I feel like a lot, of, a lot of Trump supporters probably wouldn't even have known that. So I feel like to them, they're just thinking like. Because my first thought was, oh, when when Obama brought the troops back or or pledged to bring troops back from Afghanistan and all that, I feel like that might have been their way of saying we're less safe if you do that. That, Like, I can see them still spinning that out of control, which they likely did. But that might have been like their connection. It's just looking because these are people that are probably not the most politically enthused people. They're just looking at stereotypes and what their guy tells them. So I think the hypocrisy is deeply rooted in racism. And I feel like if I didn't bring that up with Obama and Trump, it'd be like, omitting a very important part of why we're so polarized right now mm-hmm. totally just had to say it sorry word vomit guys no, totally fine i agree with you i don't mm-hmm. disagree i think i'm doing everything obama all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right racist all the time but not everyone just pretty much trump and the administration so the people in power no big deal <laughs> <laughs> And automakers defy Trump in his fight to strip California of its ability to set emission standards for cars. Four automakers, including Ford, Honda, BMW, and Volkswagen, are sticking with an agreement they made with California's stricter standards on greenhouse gas emissions. Hours after Trump revoked California's legal authority to set pollution standards, the California Air and Resources Board lauded the four automakers for standing their ground on the issue and defying Trump's efforts to force them to pull out of the agreements. They voted 12 to nothing on Thursday to finalize the details of the deal that was struck in July and was based on a deal California cut with Obama to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 30% in 2025. Nice. So here we have another undoing of an Obama policy. And um, I think it's important to, to note that 
we put beans on this. I when Trump tried to strip this when he was here in San Diego signing the wall, uh, we we the I, I was like, look, we set the emission standards because we buy the most cars. Go ahead and try it, but it's not going to work. And here we are, mm-hmm. Honda, Ford, BMW, and Volkswagen. Send them a thank you. Not to mention the fact that we have a lot of West Coast liberal elites here that are appealed by those standards. Mm-hmm. So if they found out that the BMWs that they were buying now didn't adhere to those standards and they're like more gas guzzling or whatever, that might be the difference between them getting a Tesla versus mm-hmm. getting a BMW or Tesla, something. They're nice. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, and we wouldn't buy their cars. That's like the number one thing. And I think they recognize that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy the that they here. did this. Mm-hmm. I'm happy they did this. Fifth largest economy. Don't fuck with us, Trump. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and now we have to talk kind of uh, off the off the hook for like, 20 seconds about something that doesn't have a swear word in it before we go into the commercials. Oh, how, how are you guys feeling today? Oh, good, good. Yeah. 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 What? what? I like your shirt. That's nice. Thank you. It yeah. is a good shirt. Yeah. yeah. We're all sleeveless today. Look at that. Oh, and it's right. such a beautiful day today. It really is. It is a really nice day today. It really I is. I can't wait to get back out into it, but although I love doing this as well. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> all right. I think we did it. We'll be right back with Natasha Bertrand <laughs> from Politico. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. You can take classes in everything from photography and creative writing to design or productivity and more. And there's something for everyone, whether you're returning to a longtime passion project or challenging yourself to get outside of your comfort zone, or maybe you're just exploring something new. Skillshare has a class for that. Uh, I just finished a class on audio editing. Yay. Uh, I hadn't taken one for about a decade, and I was amazed, though not surprised, not only by how much things have changed, but how easy the new stuff is to learn. It's not that hard, and that's in part thanks to the really user-friendly interface in the Skillshare virtual classroom. Uh, But that is why lifelong learning is so important to me. I'm often daunted by emerging technologies, but always relieved when I find out they're not as hard as I thought. So a few hours up front will save you so much time on the back end. And when you're up to date and current with the latest and greatest, you will have Skillshare to thank. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Daily Beans listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free by heading to Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans. So to sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans. That's Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans to start your two months now. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Uh, we have an update for you on all things Turnberry. And joining us now is the reporter that broke the story for Politico, Natasha Bertrand. Natasha, welcome. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Good. So so what's the latest and greatest on the, on the Turnberry scandal? So we learned from the House Oversight Committee last week that the Pentagon had finally gotten back to them with numbers and documents relating to how much money they've actually spent at Trump's resort since about August of 2017. Turns out it was quite a lot, certainly a lot more visits and a lot more money spent than, you know, just the one layover back in March that we initially thought this had been. So it turns out they'd spent the equivalent the equivalent of about 36, north of 36 stays at Trump Turnberry since August and spent close to $200,000. Um, you know, it's not all of what the House Oversight Committee wanted from the Pentagon. They really wanted more documents and they wanted an exact breakdown, for example, of how many rooms the military had reserved at the resort. But it's something. And, you know, before two weeks ago, we didn't even know this was happening. 
let alone that it had happened, you know, almost 40 times. Yeah. And and so what do you say about, you know, there's all these other kind of stories that have been popping up around that they had a deal at the Prestwick Airport in 2014, and that's under Obama. And the, these kind of stays were happening uh, while Obama was president also. But there's a distinct difference here, right? Yeah. So I think it's important to remember that while the airport had a refueling contract with the Defense Department in 2016, that didn't automatically translate, obviously, to the U.S. military staying at Turnberry. And even if it did, it wouldn't necessarily have been a conflict of interest because President Obama didn't own Turnberry. So when Trump gets elected, obviously, it becomes more of a question of whether this is a violation of the Constitution because Trump owns the resort. The military is obviously pouring federal money, taxpayer money, into this property, essentially keeping it afloat in many ways. And the president has not fully divested himself from his businesses, allowing him to withdraw money from his businesses really at any point. So you get the situation where the domestic emoluments clause, which prevents you know the, the federal government from giving the president any money other than his salary, could be violated by this arrangement. And that's why the Air Force now is doing an internal review and figuring out whether the optics of this, at the very least, are something that should prevent them from continuing this practice in the future. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That's kind of, I think, what was important that the Air Force, at least up front, admitted to that the the appearance and the optics uh, are bad, uh, regardless of, you know, whether there's money spent. But I mean, it seems as though it's a, a violation of the domestic emoluments clause if, if even a dime is spent. I mean, I know that that's petty, but, you know, a couple few hundred thousand dollars, a couple hundred thousand dollars is, is pretty significant. And this is just one corner of the Air National Guard or the Air Force, or are they looking at all of military uh, usage of Trump hotels? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, and we don't know the answer to that. We we have been trying to get the inspector general to tell us whether or not they've launched an internal review just of the entire military and to see whether this is happening on a more broad basis. But we haven't gotten an answer to that. But, you know, it it is possible that other units in the military are doing this as well, because a lot of the time the Air Force is actually, you know, ferrying people over um, and carrying a lot of different units with them and, and different passengers. So it's not necessarily isolated to just the Air Force. And I think what we also have to remember is that, you know, this is not something that's happening in a vacuum. Um the president, the vice president stayed at Trump's resort recently while he was going to Ireland and his meetings were hundreds of miles away and he decided to stay at Trump's resort and kind of pour money into that. Um, and of course, Trump mused about hosting the G7 at his Doral property in Miami. So it's clearly become a pattern. And this, I think, is alarming because we expect the military, I think, to be above above anything that even looks partisan in that way. And that's why we got so many um, tips about this from members of the military, from Air Force crew members who were like, this is weird. This hasn't usually happened. This hasn't happened before. This doesn't usually happen. Maybe you should look into it because they themselves internally were like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. And don't you mean the G8, Natasha? I'm sorry, but it's the G8. (laughs) with our new friend Russia. <laughs> um, so, yeah, because you had reported in one of your earlier pieces when this story was just breaking that, that uh, Turnberry went from like a four million in the red to three million in the black or vice versa. I can't remember which. 
Uh, and I'm I'm dying to know how much of this is attributed to to these kinds of things, and and if it, you know, and whether or not Trump is even getting a cut of of the Prestwick contract because he's helping keep them afloat. Uh, at least you know since and who knows maybe since before he took office that would be all speculation though right no but it's a good question i mean we we obviously haven't reported that the military is um is really the driving force behind that jump in revenue but the military did acknowledge to us uh on background that the air force did anyway that they wouldn't be surprised if they were turned very single largest customer because they're a repeat customer they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars there and sure you know the resort might get more revenue from other sources might get more revenue from like a a golf tournament they host there or whatever but this in terms of being the single largest customer the the air force said yeah that would make logical sense um we were kind of shocked by that we were like you know how are you how are you freely just kind of saying that? That seems like a really big deal. But I think that they're kind of... Yeah, right? Yeah, I think that when it comes to speaking to us, they are trying to normalize this as much as possible and trying to make it seem like it's not um, out of the ordinary. But that's contradicted by, you know, senior members of the Air Force who have actually told us, like, this, first of all, the fact that they're staying at Presswick so often is kind of unusual. And second of all, the Turnberry stays are out of the ordinary. So... Um, we don't know yet the exact breakdown of, of the numbers in terms of what, how much is actually, how, how much of this is actually keeping Turnberry afloat. But it's certainly a lot more than we knew, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I'd also certainly be interested to know, like, how far up in the chain of command the approvals for these stays were granted, because, you know, I, I. I've, I've worked with the military and I've been in the military and, and these things sometimes don't get up to the, you know, the, the, the top brass. And so I, you know, it'd be interested to see where that buck stopped as well. Yeah. And we've heard different things about that. You know, some air force crew members have told us, well, you know, I've heard stories about, you know, some, um, mission commanders just wanting to land there and wanting to stay at Turnberry and being able to kind of book that themselves through the defense travel system. And then we've heard others say that Air Mobility Command actually booked it for them. And then we've heard still others say that they were instructed to go to Turnberry. So I think it does vary, but there's also a question of, okay, like who's approving this at the highest levels? Because Turnberry (laughs) has to be an option, right? And if there was a wink and a nod from the White House to kind of allow this to, to, to happen and kind of encourage it to happen, then that's obviously going to be a big problem for the military. Yeah, that's amazing because I've booked through the defense travel system and it's absolutely ridiculous how many hoops you have to jump through. And I'm surprised if you tried to select Doral or Turnberry that a window doesn't pop up and say, sorry, this violates the constitutional domestic emoluments <laughs> clause. <laughs> You're going to have to pick another hotel. <laughs> and the defense travel office... Um, or office, something like Office of Defense Travel. I can't remember the exact name, but the office that essentially acts as like the internal travel agency. They were willing to talk to us and they were willing to give us, you know, a whole interview kind of on background. But at the very last minute, they said, sorry, we have been told by the higher ups that while this review is ongoing, we can't speak to press. <laughs> so unfortunately, Damn it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for the update. I really appreciate it. Uh, Everyone, Natasha Bertrand from Politico. Thank you.
And as predicted last week, Joe Kennedy announced his run for Senate Saturday morning. Uh, so, hey, beans come true. He's way ahead of the polls in Massachusetts versus his primary opponent, Markey, who has been endorsed by AOC. We will stay on top of that race for you. And Mark Kelly is leading in Arizona to take McSally's seat. McSally uh, was beaten by Kirsten Cinema, a Democrat. McSally is a Republican. And then after McCain's passing, uh, Doug Ducey, which is it's actually <laughs> Doug Ducey, uh, the governor of Arizona, appointed the loser McSally to take McCain's seat until the next election. So he's already beating her pretty handily. Nice. Um, this would be the first time in my lifetime that Arizona had two Democratic senators. That's exciting. I think they can do it. Yay. It's kind of my home state. I mean, I'm born from, yeah. Cle- born from Cleveland. I'm born from <laughs> Cleveland. I'm born from the land of Cleve. I came forth to Zona Air. Mm-hmm. Here I lived, went forth <laughs> for a while. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I spent like 14 years there, very formative years, third grade through sophomore year of college. So totally. I'm excited for them. Uh, hopefully, maybe yeah, it would be nice if they could get a Democratic governor too, but mm, I'll take the two senators for now. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, exactly. Chip Can't away. go too crazy or Don't else people will freak crazy. out and everything will go way back to where it was. <laughs> you got to remember, Joe Arpaio was well-loved there for like 18 years. It's just, it's crazy. He's running again. I think we've already talked about that, but he's not going to win. He's 88 and stupid. Goddamn. 80 and stupid is like an MTV show. <laughs> and those two things don't have anything to do with each other. Not at all. Just just him, just Joe Arpaio. So instead of instead of the crazy 88 and Kill Bill, it's the stupid 88. Yes, yes. I was 88 gonna, stupid and counting, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, how are you 88 years old and you still want to dedicate yourself to that life? But then I thought Commitment. of RBG. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you just make a decision around 40. You're like, this is who I'm going to be yeah. until I die. <laughs> yeah, I think RBG's dedication... Oh, way different. Yeah, I think he's way just oh, well, he decided much more to be nobly racist. motivated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Totally different. I think so too. My point is that you can still be motivated by higher appeals of some kind, Dude, whether Hitler they be to the devil was or a not. Visionary. If you're talking definition, yeah. I think bad people can can have unfortunately passion. You're, you're only <laughs> as old as you feel. Speaking yeah. Hitler segue really quick. Did you see did you see that indie movie that's I coming out it. about it's like a I've only seen a trailer now, but apparently it's like winning film festivals that wow. if you win that film festival you usually at least get nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. But it's like a indie look and it looks like a dark comedy sort of about like Hitler and his son is and, and like every comedy is it black Hitler? It's definitely I mean the trailer was like funny, up. but it's Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Be on the, I, be on the lookout. Look, I at, will, look at the trailer. I'm all for satire. I get satire vibes from this and if it's winning a Awards, I trust the people because you know those festival people are super liberal. Yeah, not I'm gonna sure it's something. not a I love Hitler. Film. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> it's I, like a star studded cast. That's too. great. I'm yeah, yeah. I think it cool. sounds like it's just really well done. So I'm excited about that. I think that. so. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah. All right, we'll check it out. Thank you for that. Cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, we'll be right back with hashtag and some tasty, tasty Schadenfreude. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Privacy.com. Privacy.com lets you buy things online using virtual cards instead of your real ones, which protects your identity and your bank information on the internet. Let's face it, anytime we shop online, we are handing our personal information over to merchants and data partners. And that often happens without our permission. And if you're shopping on an open Wi-Fi network, your banking and credit card information is also at risk. But Privacy.com is a free, totally free tool that helps us manage our finances online without sharing our actual banking info. It basically encrypts 
future info using virtual card numbers. So your real card is protected. And if something does happen, you don't have to cancel your card, which means you have to change your card everywhere it gets hacked on every app and in every place where you have automatic payments set up. And that's what got me into it is because I'm really big on the convenience and the security, of course. I also love that I can set the limits with merchants so I don't spend my retirement ordering food online. So that's nice. Plus, unlike credit cards, privacy.com doesn't sell your data to huge vendors. And we're very familiar with that, uh, especially with, you know, the Mueller report. So head to privacy.com slash daily beans. That's D-A-I-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S to sign up and start shopping. Uh, as a special treat, our listeners, new customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Yep, that's free cash to use on any online purchase. So go to privacy.com slash daily beans and sign up now. All right. Welcome back. Uh, We have a quick whistleblower scandal update, and we're going to cover this really, really extensively in the Mueller She Wrote episode that came out last night. So I would check out that because we go in way in depth and we have a full 25 minute interview with Harry Littman, former deputy assistant attorney general about the legal remedies. Uh, But some of the big news that I just wanted to get to you guys um, that came out late Friday and over the weekend. Apparently, Trump was on the phone with Zelensky. Uh, and that's the president of the mm-hmm. U- Ukraine, or, mm-hmm. excuse me, of Ukraine. And eight times on that call asked him to investigate Biden. Crazy. Yeah. So crazy. And so satisfying how quickly we've learned about the content of that whistleblower complaint. <laughs> because for, for a second there, I was thinking we would just never know because everything would happen behind closed doors. And here we are. Thank you, journalists. Days later, we know. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the main things that the Mueller investigation uh, prevented us from doing was knowing things because mm-hmm. it, they were so tight-lipped they were so good without with that you know with leaks I mean you know here on this podcast we did sort of put together the entire Mueller report before it came out but there was a lot that we learned to be mm-hmm. fair um, <clears throat> and a lot came out through journalism uh, but it, some people are asking for a new special counsel first of all it's not going to happen because Barr would have to appoint the special counsel to investigate God, yeah. this, and he's the one who helped block it. Yeah. Uh, so that's not going to happen. But um, we do still need one, though. I so don't I, think so. I, I mean, think... in terms of like we need a better person in charge, yes. But I think that's what people were getting at more than like the specifics of who it is. We just need someone that's not Barr, like just someone to look over all this shit. Normally, the person in Barr's position would do that, obviously. But people are desperate, man. They're like, we just need Mueller. Every time some shit goes down, <laughs> he's been the only person that's like straight and narrow through most of this, you know. Mm-hmm. But specifically for the whistleblower issue, I think a special counsel would not be better. Um, and and I'll respectfully disagree with you on that. I think Congress is the best place to get this done and out and through journalism and the public. I think we're going to know everything by Thursday, probably. This yeah. Week. yeah. Whoever leaks it, man, I'm all for it. Whoever gets it done. Another reason why I think it's important, too, is because back with Watergate, this this issue, you know, about the tapes made its way up. And ultimately, it was decided that a prosecutor does have the right to that information. But the case as to whether Congress has the right to that information has yet to be determined. And if this continues to move up in the way that it seems like it's going to, that's a really important precedent that needs to for sure be set in the courts if Congress has the right, which I believe they should. It sounds like yeah, it, right? to the whistleblow to the contents of whistleblower complaints like this. And I don't think a or special executive privilege. Sorry, that's the connecting mm-hmm. right. thing. What they'll claim executive privilege. They on. will. Yeah. But a, but a special counsel would take it two years, and we wouldn't hear anything about it. Right. Right. Whoever and without done, the special yeah. counsel, I think we're going to learn everything by the end of next week. Yeah. That's why I'm saying no to special counsel. Um, and the 
of course, Barr's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I wish he wasn't there, and I wish somebody better was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we could do other remedies legally. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's there, and so that's yeah. just the way of it. So this is going to be up to Congress. There's a couple of actually. There's some slow remedies. There's some weird remedies like Mandamus and or Mandamus and Matt Damon. It sounds like Mandamus. What is that? It, it's uh, it, we go over it in, in oh, Miller. Cool. She wrote. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and there's an uh, inherent contempt, which hasn't been used forever. There's supposedly a jail cell in the underneath Congress. Uh, there's a couple of different, you know, then there's the regular uh, contempt and, and filing uh, for judicial review. But there's also, I think, a really fast way out of this. And we go over, I go over it with Harry nice. Lippman in, in the uh, Mueller She Wrote episode. Cool. So check that out. If you're not a Mueller She Wrote listener, I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. We haven't recorded that yet. If anyone thinks I'm an idiot, that wasn't, <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> that wasn't present when we were recording it's all that. Good. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And I've, I've heard some shows like um, having their, their ideas about what we can do about that, too. So I'm really curious about what you think, AG. Yeah. It's, it's, it'll be a fun show. So check it out. Uh, and let's see. Um, time for a little schadenfreude. Do you know what schadenfreude is? No, I do not know what schadenfreude is. Please tell me because I'm dying to know. It's a German term for shameful joy. This week's schadenfreude came to my attention thanks to a longtime friend of mine who also happened to be the mole on the ABC's series The Mole. Oh. His name is Craig Slyke, and we like Slyke. I have a shirt somewhere that says I like Slyke. I want to be like Slyke. And (laughs) Friday... Seattle Proud Boy Zach Staggs attempted to infiltrate the climate strike march in a in black block gear, uh, but was reportedly identified immediately and got beat up. Oh God! At an event organized by high schoolers. Oh God! <laughs> According to Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club, uh, given Zach Stagg's connection to local Nazis like Sean Michael David Scott. There's somebody who should be in jail for four first names. Uh, Staggs is very recognizable among locals. Uh, and he's so tight with Sean Michael David Scott, they got matching Nazi tattoos together. Oh, it's like gross. that song. John Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Michael David Scott's a Nazi. <laughs> he's got matching tattoos with Staggs. I'm here for it. Uh, he reportedly... He reportedly assaulted the protesters first. I want to put that out there. He tried to rip, pull their masks off and rip off their hats or whatever. Uh, but that didn't end well for him. He was beat up by high schoolers. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's our proud boy Nazi punching story of the day. And if you disagree with punching Nazis, I can appreciate that. Um, but I get a little shot for it out of it. Yeah, yeah. If you want to put yourself between me and a Nazi, hey, I respect that. I might even stop. But <laughs> I might be the one punching too. So. All right, guys, let's get social. Hashtag. And trending all this weekend was hashtag We the People for the We the People March, which had over 60 marches plus nationwide. We're still looking at them. We're still looking at the photos today. Uh, <clears throat> this was a march for impeachment and many other things. Made march against Trump, basically. Uh, and this was Saturday. So you'll definitely want to hop on social media and check out all the posts. It's really amazing. Some incredible signs that people were making. Uh, and there was also hashtag climate strike. Nearly four million people on all seven continents marched in solidarity with 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg. I'm getting choked up because she's just so awesome. I saw a photo of her uh, sitting alone. They put this photo side by side, a first one of her sitting alone at the age of 12 in 2015 by herself outside the Capitol uh, with nobody next to her. And then the photo of millions of millions of people. That's so cool. Just four years later, uh, now that she's 16, she has the world's attention, which brings me to my hashtag that I want you guys to get trending. It's not trending yet. Hashtag Nobel, no, sorry, hashtag Nobel for Greta. 
Uh, I can't think of anyone more deserving of the Nobel Prize. It would also make Trump really mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is a little schadenfreude of that, too. That's perfect. I saw David Hogg tweeting about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So head to Twitter uh, and let's get hashtag Nobel for Greta trending, uh, though I think she's a shoe in for the prize. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be the sentiment. Everyone, everyone wants it. Like, let's just put the pressure on. Because if it's not going to happen, that'll be a big upset. Like, all these kids that are her age, they're also gunning for her. This is a universal thing. Adults love her. Kids love her. She wants to save everyone. So, yeah, that's pretty peaceful, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And and do you remember, I think, it, we, didn't we hear a couple years in a row, like two years in a row, that uh, Trump faked his own Nobel nomination? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also faked when his is Nobel Time season? magazine. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He got the this. award comes, uh, you get the award in December. Oh, cool. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm sure she's already on their radar very much, so. Mm-hmm. But if I, it helps to put pressure on it, yeah, by all means, that's mm-hmm. awesome. She probably wouldn't fly there to get the award, and she probably would insist that the award is made of compostable materials. But yeah. it would be funny if there was a meme, like, you know, the um, I'm on my way memes, like if she's sailing back home, but then she hears she gets the award and she just turns around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's faces. way too cool for that, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you, Greta, but you're you're amazing. You're better than But me. it is over there, though. It is over there. Yeah, yeah I, I was just pointing. imagine her, like, growing to the point where she's so influential, she just sails around the world on like a viking ship <gasps> wow <laughs> all these with the buff climate activists with the hat just, with the horns oh my god yes. can i be your first mate like Dude. seriously i am yeah. so down That's it's like so great peter pan yeah. meets activism i'm all for it amanda would go but she has fears of death at sea <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> we me. found out in seattle i do remember when we went up to uh where did we go jack block park yeah and uh no this was viewpoint park and uh because mm, yes. uh, uh you were raised in nova scotia and apparently, because the Titanic sank and Nova Scotia was one of the nearest biggest cities, there's a ton of people from Nova Scotia who had to go and, and recover the bodies. And so uh, so Titanic lore is taught from a very young age in Nova Scotia. And, and extensively, so, it sounds. <laughs> so she, she's over here dying laughing. So we're talking about our biggest fears. And she's like, death at sea. <laughs> and we're like, where did that come from? Yeah, I like how Archer says his is uh, alligators and, and what's it, aneurysms? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you guys also, Archer fans. Those are fair fe- fears. Yeah, 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 and they're, um, you know, alphabetical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing to fear but fear itself and, and staircases. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Soccer, Death staircases, yeah. dancing in fear. Then we're pretty much home free. That's a, what's that, an old, oh, some thieving comic. What's his name? Who was the guy in Rescue? Uh, D- Dennis Leary. That was it. Oh, yeah. His special was called Locked and Loaded. So maybe that's one of Trump's favorites because he tends to use that mm, phrase a lot. It would explain it. So, yeah, totally. I think we should get hashtag, hashtag Nobel for Greta. It's hard to say, but it's easy to type. So let's see it. Let's make it happen. Uh, that's the show today. Any final thoughts? No, just uh, check out the Racial Model show if you haven't already. That's all I got. Um, buy your tickets to our shows that we have coming up Politicon is going to be really fun mm-hmm. that's just a more general obviously uh, lineup but if in Boston yeah Boston which is just Muller she wrote yeah 11 and 7 right yeah. mm-hmm. two yep. days after Roger Stone uh, and Flynn appear mm-hmm. in court yeah good times we got fun travel days coming up in October and November mm-hmm. that'd be a good time yep definitely mm-hmm. anything else nope nope right. just love you guys yep love you and Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is produced by AG, featuring Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. 
Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn, with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>